Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Well, good morning, guys. How cool is this? This marriage conference, I tell you, it's like perfect timing. We're in the middle of this relationship series um, for our messages. We're getting ready for midweek to like launch this uh, a series called Relationships. It's a uh, 12-week course, and it is just um, talking about the importance of spending time focusing on your relationships. So obviously it's timely, right? Everything kind of comes together. So register for this conference. It's going to be a great time. Uh, before we get started, though, just want to remind you, and if none of you knew this, our lead pastor's been out for a while. Uh, he had two different back surgeries, and he is recovering. But guys, he's in the house today. <laughs> Wanted to make sure we gave him a little welcome back. But guys, don't be hugging him, because we can't bake, break the pastor again. All right? No more brokenness for the pastor. He needs to be healed. So continue him. Um, and healing, and I'm so thankful to him and Kimmy for the honor of being able to be up here and share what the Lord has uh, placed on my heart. Uh, before we get started, though, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, uh, we just come to you, and we thank you for all that you have blessed us with. Um, I, I ask you to just bless each person that is hearing this message. Um, I pray that you open their ears and open their hearts. Um, that they hear and receive what you would have them hear today. In your name, amen. All right, well, Jesus, your mighty name is going to be proclaimed in this house, right? Well, like I mentioned, we're in the process of, or we're in the uh, middle of the series of relationships. And last week, Pastor Peyton shared on a message titled, what? Do you remember what it was? Losing your marbles, right? He talked about our families and parenting to our kids and the next generation and the time that we have and being very intentional in those different phases, right? So this, week mes this week's message is titled Face Value. You know, when I was praying for what the Lord might have me share today, it was really a struggle because I felt like I wasn't hearing from him. I'm like, oh. Lord, please, I'm like running out of time. I have to have time to prayer, to prepare. And um, I just heard the word face. And in all honesty, I'm like, really, God? Like, that's what you give me, face? Like, what's that? How am I supposed to preach on face? And I know it's not good to talk to the Lord like that, but I honestly was. Like, I'm like, what is that? What am I supposed to do with that? And, of course, he starts giving you a little bit more information as you spend some time with him and you get in the word and you're praying. Uh, so today, we are going to talk about face value. And we're going to talk about the importance of face and body language in the midst of our relationship struggles, conflicts, and battles. Doesn't that sound fun? It's fun, right? Well... When I looked up the word face, it says, well, face value, I'm sorry. Face value is the apparent value or significance. But when I look up the word face alone, without value, it says, a class of behaviors 
and customs associated with the moral honor and authority of an individual and its image on social groups. Face refers to a sociological concept in general linked, generally linked to the dignity and prestige that a person has in terms of their social relationships. So if you think of face, and I started thinking of the different communications within face, right? We've got Facebook, we have FaceTime, we have Face ID to get into our stuff. In this day and age, we have all kinds of different types of communication. We have email, we have phone, we have texting, we have messenger, we have mail, just to name a few. In John, or third, three, third John, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, it says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. You see, John knew the importance of face to face. Back then, the only ways of communication was by letter or in person. So let's talk about our value in Christ. Value is holding something in high regard. If you think of the verb of value, consider this. Someone or something to be important or beneficial and have a high opinion of. Synonyms, your worth, your good, your help, help, helpfulness, assistance, Benefit, effectiveness, moral standards, high regard, cherish, and treasure. Guys, let's start with God loves you. We all live in a broken world. We all are going to go through life's battles. We're all going to go through rough times. In Titus 3.3 3, through verse 6, it says, At one time, we too were foolish. We were disobedient deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In John 10.10, it says, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. I want to say that again. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. So, if Jesus, the King of Kings gave his life so that you and I would have life to the full, how are we reflecting this in our lives? And how are we reflecting this in our relationships? Are we spending daily time with him? Remember, king of kings, the savior. Are we praising him? Are we intentional about learning and growing in him? In his, in his ways. Are we in continual prayer with him? He says to be in constant prayer, right? Like throughout the day, be talking to him. Help him, or let him help you walk through the day. If we truly turned our lives over to Jesus Christ, all of these things should be of 
value to us. We can let the busyness of life and our present activities keep us from experiencing all that Lord, the Lord has for us. Guys, our children, our spouses, our families, our friends, our bosses, all of the relationships that we have with one another need, to, need others to see God in them. They need to see God in our lives. They need to see God accomplishing things that never seemed possible before we gave our lives over to him. If there's no change, then there's no change, right? Why would somebody be drawn to us in that? But think about this. As we start to get busy, when lives, the, the life starts to get chaotic, what do we start to do? We start to drop out of the things that God placed in our lives to enrich our lives, to make our lives full. Now, hear my heart on this. I'm only sharing it because this is what happens, and I know that this is truth. When things get busy, and we're coming into the school year, school activities are going to ramp up. Sport activities are going to ramp up. Everybody's going to be busier at work. People are going to come back from vacations right? You know what starts to happen? We drop out of groups. We drop out of church. We drop out of serving. We stop making time with people that are pouring into our lives and mentoring us and holding us accountable. We drop out of um, any relationship of anybody that might be stretching us. Guys, you got to think about what you decide to uh, bring your life back to not being so busy. What are you letting go of? You need to pray about that. Is God truly wanting you to let go of the things that he has enriched, things that he's put into your life to bring value? What we prioritize in our lives and in our families and in our marriages and in our relationships is what speaks the value that we have in our lives. So let's talk about Joshua and his family. In Joshua 24, 15, it says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether it's the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Guys, I don't think that this passage is saying that we should be in all different directions. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should not be doing anything outside of church because that's not true. We should be reaching the people outside of these walls. But our value needs to represent Christ. So, serving God wasn't... Joshua's only option, you see. He could have adapted the religious beliefs and practices of his own family, his heritage in the pagan land of Egypt. He could have accepted the idolatrous religion of his neighbors where he now lived. You know, when I read that, I'm thinking, it seems pretty current, right? Like, we have a lot of choices of which way, to which way to follow, but you need to be careful. You need to know what is truth 
and what is not truth. And how do you know that? By getting yourself into the word of God. Honestly, these options probably looked a little bit easier as far as choices than worshiping the Lord. But Joshua had witnessed God's faithfulness. He was convinced that his Lord was the only true God and that serving him would bring victory and blessings. Joshua decided to serve God alone. He was determined to teach his entire household to honor the Lord as well. I love that. Like he made this decision, you know what, no. I am going to lead my family in the ways of the Lord. Joshua understood that he had a responsibility to reflect Christ. And he understood the face value of that. You too are going to need to decide whom you will serve. An assortment of popular religions and activities are going to clamor for your allegiance. If you come from a Christian heritage, you may choose to embrace the faith of your parents and your grandparents. If you didn't grow up in a Christian home, you may choose to embrace the uh, I'm sorry, if you did not grow up in a Christian home, you can decide just as Joshua did to reject your, hum um, your heritage of unbelief and begin a generation that serves the Lord. Guys, we all have freedom of choice. And some of us did not come from a Christian background. But you, you can start that heritage for the generations to follow. If you set your mind wholeheartedly on serving God, your example will bring tremendous blessings to not only your family, but the generations to come. If you place your confidence in God, those relationships around you will witness your faith. And they may decide to trust him too. Church, choose as Joshua did to serve God unashamedly with all of your heart. And then watch how God blesses your family. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immensely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So my family itself, my natural family, there they are. Wonder where they were. Like, where are they? These guys, I treasure them. We, um, I'm very thankful that we have a very close family, and um, I love them with all of my heart. And you see, like my natural family, they are my community. I'm with them all the time. Um, we do a lot of things together. We do a lot of trips together, and we're very blessed in that sense. But. My church family. Whether you're here in these seats or you're offline, we need each other. 
both of my families hold a very special piece in my heart. Um, there's lots of different reasons and different pieces to that. But guys, if you're not part of a community, and you're not part of a group, and you're not part of a team, please let me encourage you. We need each other. There wasn't a whole lot of good that came out of COVID, but I tell you, COVID sure taught us the value of community and our relationships and being with each other, right? Guys, we're all going to go through storms of life. Jesus said we will all face them in Matthew 7, 25 through 27. Life is not easy, and these storms are many and varied, and people in the Bible, including Jesus' disciples, all faced storms in their own lives. Abraham, Peter, David, Moses, Ruth, Joseph, Job, Job. Perhaps there is no other Bible character, including Job's children, that faced as much suffering as Job. However, if you read the story of Job, everything was taken from him. Everything, his children, his family, his possessions. He watched his, his friends be murdered. His wealth was taken. His health was taken. Job, felt no, Job was left with nothing but, but God, but his faith. You know, we have a little rockiness that happens in our, in our lives, and we're like, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. What is God doing? Come on, God. Why me? Why, why? It always happens to me. My luck is terrible. Yeah, but Job was left with nothing but his faith, and he was still faithful. Paul, he was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He faced dangers from the robbers, his own people, and even the elements. But despite all of this, Paul remained steadfast in his faith. You know, not even his faith, right? Like he was intentional about sharing his faith. What happens to us when we run into a storm? I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times it's pretty natural to just kind of retreat, right? Although the storms of life can be challenging, they can also be opportunities for growth and faith as well as opportunities for those you are in relationship with to see the Lord working through them. We have the opportunity to show others that we are in relationship how to face adversity. Huh, this is the part of my message that I was like, I don't know if I want to put this in here, but, but God said so. Storms of my own life, um, just within the last couple years, it's been rough, guys. Um, just a couple years ago, we lost my sister to suicide. It was a storm. And it's a storm that we're still going through. Um, but God showed through it. 
you know, I wouldn't want to go through it again. But God is working miracles through the relationships around that. Uh, I ended up with some chronic pain that I deal with every day. And uh, you know what? That's okay because it could always be worse, right? But, but God... My husband had uh, two different diagnoses of cancer in the last year and a half. But God, he had three surgeries within a span of three months. But God, and again, we don't want to go through that, right? But in that... We praised him. We thanked him. We know that he is working in the middle of the storm. And guys, your storms are going to pass. Though sometimes those storms do some damage, the Lord will always shine through in the end. And you have to be intentional about praising him through them. Guys, these were all difficult storms, to say the least. <laughs> And like I said, some of them were still walking through. But walking through the storms and, and our family and our church family, they helped us. They walked alongside us. They prayed for us. Um, some brought meals. Some just uh, kept offering some encouragement through that. And uh, asking how we're doing and all that, like just knowing that you have people, it makes all the difference. So I'm not saying that's easy, but what I am saying is that Christ is right there with you. He's also working by showing others how faithful he is through your storm. It's mostly important for you to show his face through your storms. The relationships you around you are watching how you walk this storm you're in. Are you reflecting him through them? There's a short video that's going to play in just a second. Boy, we all have different faces, right? As some of this is speaking right to my heart. But uh, the way we react to different situations, maybe somebody's comment, maybe something somebody did. Sometimes I show that on my face. This is something I am personally working on. I can be very um, expression I can show a lot of expression with my facial expressions. Uh, so I know that sometimes they're not favorable. 
And sometimes it's not even in response to what somebody shared. It's just that I'm thinking about it. So I'm processing. That's my brain working. But I'm working really hard on being intentional about paying attention to my responses in the moment. And I want my face to always reflect Christ, not Delane. So my question is, does your face show Jesus when you're reacting to something? The way that you're living your life, is that reflecting Jesus? How about your relationships you're in right now? Are they reflecting Jesus? You know, I guess the big question really is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, would anyone know that without you telling them? That's a big one. Because I, I feel like that is like the worst insult, really. Like, oh, you're a Christian? If you've heard that, just pray about it. Pray about it. Let the Lord reveal. There may be some things that you may need to change a little bit. Okay? But you see, once you enter into a saving relationship with Christ, it's a life-changing experience. Yes? All things are new. Wait. Not some. Some things are new. All, right? All things are new. Like Christ said, I came to bring you a full new life, right? So this includes how we conduct ourselves within our relationships and with others. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old, meaning the old life, the old reactions, the old ways, the old activities, the old things we look at, the old things we speak about, the old things we laugh about are gone. Right? The old is gone and the new is here. Praise God. Are the relationships in Christ, are your relationships in Christ honoring? And if you have been given, if you have given your heart to Jesus, your life and your relationships should reflect him. You see, Christianity is not something you add to your life. It is life. You might be thinking, this doesn't apply to me because I came from a terrible family or maybe an ungodly home. But, you see, we talked about that already. You have the power of choice. You have the power of choice to change generations coming, right? You see, our God is a God of restoration, no matter what family, type of family you came from. He will restore you. The more you read his book, this book, y'all, this book, so many people just dive into a quick devotion or read something online real quick or look at the quick Facebook post on somebody's like Christian page and that's their devotion time, right? 
Guys, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but I'm trying to tell you that you have the power of Christ in your hands and available to you. This will answer your questions that you have on a day-to-day basis. We try to do our very best for our children. You know, sometimes we try to create like, I want my kids to have everything that I didn't have growing up. Or we try to make sure they have this great monetary foundation, right? So that when they're adults, they're set and they're good. Or maybe you just want to give your kids like just something that you just like was, you wanted as a kid, but you didn't get but you're So you're like, okay, my kids are going to get this. And then that means that you did good as a parent. And those are all good things. Don't get me wrong. But what better can you do for your kids than raising them up on a solid foundation of the word of God? One that does not waste away and will stay for eternity. Money's going to go away. And you can't take it back with you. But if your kids see you praying every day, all the time, they see you looking to God for the answers, if they see you reading the Bible in front of them, you don't realize how much that does to a person. Where do you start? How about by praising him? Praise him in all the storms. Praise him in the car. Praise him in the shower. Praise him at the dinner table. Praise him through every circumstance and through every storm. When you are praising him through the storm, others will see your faith in action. Pray, 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 and pray some more. Jesus loves your conversation with him. Your relationships with your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings, your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your neighbors, your classmates, your coworkers, your boss, your teacher, your waitress, your cashier, even your enemies will no longer see your storms, but rather they will see the king of your heart. They will see Jesus fighting the battles for you and they will see you allowing him to work through your circumstances. When others look at you, what do they see? Are they seeing the face of Christ? Are they seeing Jesus? Now how about walking with value? If we were to line our life up with Christ, what would that look like? Uh, last week, before Pastor Peyton spoke, we have pre-service prayer before every service. We invite you all to come. It's a great time. It's from 8 to 8.30. But Jason Fulham came up and he shared about a story about him and his son, Jackson, who were at a restaurant and they were getting ready to eat, and so they bowed their heads, and they were saying grace. And he said, this couple just walked up and just stood there. And when they got done, the woman said to him, wow, I didn't think people still did that. And Jason replied, we do. And I can see him saying it right now, we do. So there's two pieces to that. I thought, well, how cool that he, like, did this and he didn't care what people were thinking and he still like stood firm in the Lord 
But the other part of that just crushed me because I thought, wow, that was so unusual for this woman to see as she was in a restaurant that she felt she had to stop and say something. You know what? Shame on us, church. Shame on us. Are you only a Christ follower in here or when you're in the world? Because that's what our world needs. They need to see Christians that are standing firm on the foundation of the Lord. Philippians 1.27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then whenever I come and I see you or only hear about you in my absence, I know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Our relationships with each other should represent Christ. How we interact, how we love, how we respect, how we handle disagreements and arguments, and how we forgive. You see, we're imitators of Christ. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're representatives of Christ. How we interact within our relationships matter, and we need to reflect them, him in them. Psalm 156 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. There is this word in there that says everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Our lives should be worthy of praise to the Lord. Our relationships should actually be a praise unto the Lord. Um, a great biblical example would be Paul. Because Paul's life had been radically transformed by the gospel, he was intentional about living to honor the gospel that gave him life. It would have been tragic for him to receive the riches of the gospel and then live as a spiritual pulper. It would have been disgraceful to be saved from death by the blood of Jesus Christ and then show no reverence for that sacrifice. It would have been foolish to accept such love from Christ and then resent what he had asked in return. The way you live your life ought to be a tribute to the matchless grace that the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ has bestowed upon each one of us. Sin kills relationships. Sin dismantles marriages, it stifles joy, and it destroys peace. You see, when Jesus saw sin, it broke his heart. He wept over cities as he saw them re rejecting his truth. He was willing to save people from their sin because he knew the devastation that sin causes. Now there's a few different Bible references here. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read them, but you please, when you go home, read them. Spend some time with him today. Ushers are uh, coming forward. We're going to partake in communion together. 
And at Rock Church, you do not have to be a member in order to partake. But you do need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now, you might, need, might feel like you need to be making some adjustments within your current relationships. Maybe you're just feeling the need to adjust things in your life that you put in high value over Christ. Is Christ number one? So as the band plays this next song, I'm just asking you to take some time to reflect on the sacrifice that Christ made for you and maybe how you can even reflect on that priceless gift in a way that you live out your life. As the ushers pass out the elements, I'm going to ask you to please hold them until I come back up to the pulpit. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.